0: Welcome in to the Soren Sports Podcast. Today, your hosts Braden and co-host Alan are here today, and we're going to be discussing a couple different things today. First off, we're going to be discussing Yao Ming and Chinese basketball, and the impact that that's had on the world of basketball in general, as well as just how basketball has evolved because of the Chinese involvement and the you know the legacy and effect Yao Ming has had. And then we're gonna do a little bit of a time change, and we're just going to do a quick recap of the MLB postseason, give our thoughts and views on that, as well as a quick World Series recap for all those baseball fans that listen to us. And we'll uh we'll go from there. But first off, Alan, how you doing?
1: Well, I'm doing good, Braden. I'm just just taking it one day at a time here in Texas, and yeah just we're just getting ready for Thanksgiving season, which is about to happen in two weeks from now, and obviously heading home to Arizona with the family and there's nothing quite like that getting away from the stress of work, school, whatever stress you got and head home it just gives you an opportunity to just not worry about it and and move on to other other things that will help you relax and and not worry for a couple of days or what or weeks, whatever it takes before we get back to
0: to reality. Right. And I think that's the the thing we're all looking forward to this holiday season because, you know, it's it's gonna be rough with everything we got going on. There's an air of uncertainty about how we'll celebrate, you know, but we'll hopefully, you know, we can all be with family and friends and have mm-hmm. a little get together. You know, it sounds like you guys are. I know my family will as well, and I'm looking forward to it. You know, like you said, holidays are a great way to just relax and be stressed. And after the year we've all had, I think that's uh, rather necessary.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: You know, and I think it's kind of fun that we're talking about basketball today because, you know, it's kind of snowing right now. Here in uh, Rexburg, Idaho, we got our first major snowstorm of the year. and well. You know, for me, when it starts to snow, you think of hockey and you think of basketball. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and this is about the time they'd be playing right now. And unfortunately, there's no games going on. So let's kind of get started and begin to relive some uh, old basketball moments. And Yeah, absolutely. And also,
1: yeah. and also, later on, we do have, since we're doing some recap, we do have some breaking news in the NBA, which has been announced a couple of days ago. But we'll go, we'll talk about that. After we talk about Yao Ming,
0: as you yeah. mentioned, but we'll uh, we'll do that towards the end, and you know that might be maybe we might not get to our MLB stuff today, but maybe we'll just focus on NBA, NBA off season. You know, we'll see where we get to. So,
1: yeah, absolutely. We just roll the ball is in the court in our court. So here we go. So to start off with Yao Ming. Um, <clears throat> his impact in the nba is huge if you think about it uh, where he came from obviously china if you look at it as a whole it's a big big market like if you think about that about it not just because of the size geographically you're also talking about a huge population one of the most populous countries in in the world, and and to have and when you tap in into China, like yes, there are risks just because you have two different governments, you have two different cultures, two different mindsets, and how and how you're going to collaborate. But sports act has brought people together, and and obviously having someone like Yao Ming in the NBA made a huge impact for China, not just as players, but also more commercially as now you're seeing NBA players like obviously Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, they're making advertisements in China. So it goes to show with Yao Ming how he opened the floodgates for other players to, hey, you're welcome to do business in China, no problem at all.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's the major thing. Cause you know, we, we didn't talk about it as much with the Soviet union when we were talking about, you know, Vlad and Ar- Arif das and all them. But once, you know, a business can begin to get into a place like China, you know, different things can happen for those people. I mean, look at, what McDonald's has been able to do once it's gotten into a country, people just Mm -hmm. love McDonald's all over the world. Everyone knows the golden arches, you know? So it's, it's going to be interesting to, to see these different things as we go on. And I think that's what's really cool about this series is looking at the impact basketball, especially has had throughout the world. You know, like we talked about Lithuania and Serbia last week, this week we're talking about China. You know it's, it's just fascinating, and because you know, basketball's now there and it's become one of the most popular sports in China.
1: Yeah.
0: And that, I think that's in large part due to Yao Ming, and we'll probably get into that later on, but it's amazing to see how once a business can go international and get a foothold in a place like China, or you know back in the Cold War era, you know, like the Soviet Union, just how much it affects and changes that particular country.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and no, although Yao Ming he had a short career, he played nine, ten seasons in the NBA, but his impact was right away. Like he, he just had a personality that, like it was just humble. Like he was re- like so relaxed, and and really how he handled having billions on his back, it. It showed what what he could do, and probably if it wasn't for the injuries he had, which a lot of it had to do with his size, we, we could we probably would have been talking about one of the dominant centers in the game, and and the reaction of Yao and how people, especially players, reacted to Yao, um, it was a little bit different. Like they never seen someone like that, seven, especially like like. Shaquille O'Neal, I remember um, he he did say that before with Yao, like I could use strength and go. And I thought, oh, easy, it's just like any other center I've played. I'm I'm gonna use my physicality and go at him. But because of how Yao played, not just was he uh, your your traditional center that oh, get it to me like near the basket, I'm gonna score. But Yao had a a jump shot that made Shaq, like, not go guard him. And because of that, his game had to change. Like, now I have to be more, like, finesse. Still bring that toughness, but add a little bit finesse where Yao will not expect it. And and that's that's what Yao did. Like, he made players change their game differently. Like, if you're going to beat me, okay. You're gonna to have to do something else. You're gonna to have to change your game 180 degrees, and that helped Shaq in in his career. And if it wasn't for that, who knows what would have happened? You could say the same thing for Tim Duncan, who had to do the same thing. You could say the same thing for like Pau Gasol, who had to use a lot of dribbling to get past Yao Ming. But Yao really evolved, really changed the center position as far as like you got to change your game it's not just not being a good free throw shooter you got to be a great free throw shooter you got to have a jump shot and that really showed the direction of where the NBA has gone as far as the center position
0: right we talked about a little bit about that you know in our last episode how you know they brought their their identities into it and their culture into the game yeah I think Nothing was more exemplary of that than Yao Ming. I remember as a kid, I used to collect uh, baseball cards, basketball cards, hockey mm-hmm. cards, you know, just any sports cards I could get my hands on. You know, I got a little amount from my parents, and so I'd go and get some baseball cards, you know, or just a sports card pack. And yeah. I remember when I got, you know, the Houston Rockets card for Yao Ming, and I looked at the back of that card. And you know I wasn't as into basketball as I was baseball or now eventually mm-hmm. hockey, but it was fun, interesting for me to see just how tall he really was and how he was able to be successful. I mean, in basketball especially, it's easier to be the tall guy and be successful because you know it's it's just easier to play the game. You know, everyone else is kind of tall, so it it allows you to be kind of keep up more more so than if you're on the you know shorter end of. The stick, right? But like, mm-hmm. not very many people are seven feet tall, you know, and then go on to play basketball. And it's it's sad that injuries ended what probably was a great career. And had he not got injured as much, would have continued to be a great career. But we see that problem in a lot of sport where the taller guys they kind of get injured more because, especially as they're when they're younger, because they don't quite know. Especially in that era, right, where there wasn't as many analytics out, to, and to talk about how the body works when you're like, playing a sport, you know you know, like I think of baseball, we talk about John Carlos Stanton and Aaron Judge, how they're always you know on the injured list, right, and it's because they're they're tall guys and they're big guys, and you know baseball's a demanding sport, so it takes a lot out of you. And, but now it, they can learn from how their body moves when they swing the bat, or how they their throwing motion works, or all these different things. You know, I'm sure I don't know about basketball analytics, and I'm no expert in that field at all. But it'd be interesting to see if there's stuff like that out for basketball, and just see how movement analytic are there for those players to become better. You know, if there is, that's probably a good reason why LeBron's been able to stay in the league as long as he has as well
1: yeah you, you could say that like obviously um as obviously the team that he played for got drafted by the Houston Rockets they they obviously are the poster child of analytics in the NBA and and if you look at that like the Rockets franchise history they've had the best centers in the NBA like they had Moses Malone, when they started off, they made the finals. Then they had Akeem Olajuwon, who, in my opinion, I think he's a top three center of all time. He won back-to-back championships. And then from there, they, they went to Yao Ming. And obviously, we talked about Yao, his, his impact there. and And now, you look at that, it's like, you don't recognize that team anymore because... Their thing, their analytics is telling them, shoot a lot of threes, shoot a lot of threes. Let's not give it to the big guys down low. We're going to just shoot a lot of threes and we'll win and, we'll, we'll win and die with the threes. And, and really, it just, you see the involvement that now the big guy is like, like, you either shoot or you either step back and shoot a three or you're not going to be on the court. And it just went away from what the Rockets, how what made them good was they always had a dominant big. And, and that allowed for, for teams like the Rockets to go nothing but up. And with Yao, like he not, ju- he not just did that for the Rockets commercially, but also as a team, they were starting to compete for championships little by little. But obviously, like injuries got in the way. But despite that, he played hard. Like he was one of those guys that, like, good luck guarding this guy. Like I saw him in person versus the Lakers 2009, and he had a he had like 27 points, 12 rebounds. Even though they lost, but I knew if these if they face each other, this is going to be a seven game series just because how they played. And how how y'all played, especially like there was just no answer for him when he was healthy. Like, good luck guarding him. So so yeah, like you mentioned the analytics, and it just goes to show you like how they went from dominant bigs to now we're just gonna shoot threes till the end of the game.
0: And I think you know it's kind of interesting because as we look at you know major centers, you know. Nikola Jokic, right, with the Nuggets. You know, he does shoot a lot of threes, but he also, you know, he does, for lack of, you know, better terms, like small ball, right? Where, like, shoot the layup, shoot the two, you know, the free throw, do all those, like, small ball type things. And it's kind of interesting because that's what wins games in the end, right? And that's what Yao Ming did. That's what the Houston Rockets did in this time period. And it's kind of, I mean, it seems to me that they've kind of gone for the more entertaining route of the threes and the slam dunks, right? Whereas it seems to me that the Houston Rockets held true to that small ball mentality. Yeah. They weren't afraid to shoot the big three in those big moments, especially with Yao Ming, but it seemed, you know, as I've watched footage, he would also go in and he wasn't afraid to go in and use his size to go in and get the easy layup Mm -hmm. or get that easy free throw off. You know, he was, it wasn't all about the threes like we see today yeah,
1: absolutely and and to look back on Yao, like now that he's in the Hall of Fame and he owns a team in uh, Shanghai in the Chinese Basketball Association like like the market there in China has been unbelievable like even like if you look at the jerseys, he hasn't played for the Rockets in about eight years, but one of the jerseys they have. He, they'll say Houston, they'll say Rockets, but in Chinese, they still have those merchandise in Chinese, and the impact is just still there. They'll still have Chinese advertisement, just because again, yeah. And we talked about markets, like when when one player makes it in a nation, everybody goes nuts. The floodgates open up. China, especially being a huge market. It allowed like you mentioned a business like the NBA to walk in and show their products, show showcase the stars, the superstars, the players, and show them, hey, th- these are the best. And that allowed, like you mentioned, China to become so popular in, in basketball. I mean, basketball becoming popular in China. And and really like it's, it's unbelievable the growth that they've had. And I think it could, it could grow as well. But obviously we mentioned it's a different government. It's different ideology. So um, there's been some controversy surrounding the NBA and China in recent years. And it's something that really, like, you have to, you have to know how to, how to handle those situ- situations very well
0: yeah you know and i think you know that's that's something i've been looking into personally about doing with a career is going into a league like the nba or even the nhl or mlb who are very international leagues and the league we focus on in this podcast right and it's it's just i think we need a lot more focus especially in today's markets on in international relations with these these leagues you know these big companies like and whatnot because we can see especially you know prime example nba tensions with china right they're they're kind of going up and down up and down it's almost representative mm-hmm. of how the us and china have these major tensions right now as well yeah and i'll always say you know you can't remove normal life from the sports because it'll reflect it and we saw that a lot this year you know with you know the racial issues and that came up and all these different things Mm -hmm. they normally we would use sports as a distraction from all that but no sports is like look let's bring it to the forefront and be like hey this needs to be figured out we won't play until we get more information and they did that multiple times this year which i think is really cool yeah
1: and yeah absolutely and even now like like because you mentioned it like because what if that would have happened to them what if so like it just goes to show like now we're in the forefront like everything that we do in sports will affect outside and that's why when um it was around 2016 something like that when I heard um one of the controversies that I'm gonna mention was when uh, the former Houston Rockets GM, now he's with the Sixers, Daryl Morey tweeted, "Free Hong Kong," and this is in re- reference to like Hong Kong wanted to be independent from China, and the the response that the Chinese government did was like, "Oh, you're you're for that? Okay." Basically. We're not gonna show any of the NBA games, period. And that resulted in lost revenue because of that. And and really, like, you gotta be careful in in trying to do something like that. And obviously, like, like they were later later, later on able to 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 bring it back and got into an agreement, but it took several like two years, like, okay. Uh, like, just for several months, hey, we're not showing in the NBA games because of the free Hong Kong movement that the gm did and and like I mentioned, when you have different governments, like you're gonna have to find or and different ideologies, not just in politics but in life, you have to find a way to be in common ground that way, like you get your product out, but also you do it within how they they want to do it. And I know it's tough, It's, but it's part of the international relations game when adap- adapting to the situation and, and move forward with it.
0: Exactly. And it's it's important that, you know, especially with this particular issue where it's such a political matter, you could argue that, you know, maybe that DM probably shouldn't have sent that tweet. But, you know, it's also he's entitled to an opinion, right? Yeah. are all entitled to opinions. But like I think you said, it, it's important that we all look at the major situation, and realize tent, if we send that off, that might hurt our league and our revenues from China, because a lot of, not, not just Chinese government, but a lot of Chinese people were in turn of offended by that heat probably. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that, you know, it, it hurt relations with China, you know, and China has this great big market league i doubt they were playing in this whole pandemic situation with everything going on in fact i'm sure they weren't i'd have to go back and look but i remember you saying something earlier about in the year about how they weren't playing so it'd be interesting to see you know had they been playing would they have been allowed to show their games here like you know espn showed kbo games here right Mm mm-hmm so it's interesting to figure out and look at, you know, how relations between two different country states, you know, U.S. and China are affected by sports world people, you know. I think it's important that we find ways to cooperate, not only in the sports world, but political mm-hmm. realm as well. And it's interesting to see how it's all working out.
1: Yeah. And, and also with China, with Yao Ming, like... I mentioned a moment ago, um, he, like, he, now that he owns a team, he also opened the floodgates for even NBA players to, like, you know what? Let me go play in China. Let me go play in China. And first one to do that was obviously Stephon Marbury, who, yeah, he was an, uh, an all-star, great player, but it was just how things ended in the NBA didn't work out for him. So he ended up playing in China and the impact that he had there was unbelievable. Like they saw like someone walking in and boom, impacted his career, got rejuvenated and now he's coaching in China. And it said like for him, like China didn't need him. He needed China. Mm -hmm. And that gave him a perspective of life even as well. And, also, we know about Jimmer, Jimmer Fredette. Like, you saw his career in college. Unbelievable. Perhaps one of the best college careers ever. I'll probably say top three or five. But in the NBA, things didn't work out. Went to China and, again, relived his career again. So, like, with Yao's impact, it allowed the Chinese League to grow and be like, let's, let's bring in stars. Let's let's bring in some of the best players who played in the NBA, bring them here. That way, like it even helps the players there to to really start looking. Hey, like I can I can play with the best, and and become a better player. So so Yao's impact is comes from both ways. Not just like China being revenued, but also China welcome in the former NBA some of the former NBA players who they've had great careers and they wanted to keep playing or careers that, uh, they were so, so, but they go to China and they basically become stars and, and, and icons there.
0: Exactly. You know, and I remember, cause you know, I remember watching a lot of Jim Fredette's college career and you know, my dad, as an alumni at BYU where Jimmer, you know, played. Mm-hmm. We'd watch tune into a lot of those BYU basketball games. And the way he played was just awe-inspiring. You know, it was, it's what a star player in any league can do. You know, like when we talk about baseball, we'll talk about it again, but the way Randy Rosarena of the Tampa Bay Rays played this, MLB postseason, Mm -hmm. but it's something similar to that. You know, you watch the game to watch him and see what he would do, you know, or like, you know, we tune into a lot of Lakers game because of LeBron. You know, we turn into Mavericks game because of Luka. We turn into Nuggets because of Jokic and all the other stars they have on there. You know, Knicks games, you know, they might not win as often, but we tune in because them and the Nets, they always have major stars go there because of the New York market. Mm -hmm. You know, especially the Nets who had Camilla, Anthony, and all these players, right? We tune in to watch them because we're entitled, we're not entitled, we're enticed by the way they play, they are our favorite game, Mm -hmm. and so the fact that, you know, some players might not work in the NBA, they go over there because the NBA, they don't have, they don't let you develop like the NHL or MLB does with their minor leagues. NBA doesn't really have a minor league like the NFL doesn't, so it's either you develop right away out of college or you don't make it. Whereas some of these players, like maybe Jimmerin was is a prime example, they needed a little adjustment to a professional-level game. And so, you know, in the sense, the China Chinese League can work as, like, a minor league. You know, I don't want to call it that because it's not that. But, like, it can work as that because some players, they just need a little extra seasoning, developing. And if they want to give it back, give it another shot and go at the NBA level, they're all, they are welcome to it because you know they were still playing basketball and they had tutorship of a major star of Yao Ming who had, was able to influence the game incredibly well in China with his Shanghai team.
1: Yeah absolutely and then even like also you, we've seen now rookies like guys that for instance they'll skip college and they'll go play obviously several of them have played in China or they'll go play like in Europe or Australia for that reasoning. They want to develop. And uh, yes, the NBA, they do have a G like it's called a G league. But um, I think how, but the problem with it's like, it's like not a lot. There's, you mentioned, there's not a lot of time for development because it's not just the players who want to get called up to the NBA, but also you have coaches and general managers who they want to be up there as well. Like, so it's like, Everybody's racing each other in the G League to get to the NBA. And that's why a lot of these players skipping college to go play overseas is like the reason for it is why they want to grow. They want to grow and learn from the best how to be professional. Obviously, going to a different country is different, but you get to see what's all about being professional, how to prepare, how to How to approach the game and how to really just live the life as a professional. Like, because you're gonna get enticed by a lot of things. And when you're surrounded by guys who have been in the league for nine and more years, then when you're ready and get drafted, well, those habits come back to you. And so that is why, like, just Yao's presence in the NBA allowed that. And then obviously him becoming the owner of, of a team in Shanghai, I think now he's the commissioner of the Chinese Basketball Association, but he had, he created that environment in which, hey, it's okay for you to develop. It's okay for you to, to really develop yourself as who you are. And that's why now, now you have players like even like, obviously, one of the guests with the Celtics, like, he, Brad Wanamaker his name. Yeah, he played college, college basketball at Pittsburgh, but he didn't get to the NBA until two seasons ago. And he's, like, in his early 30s. So it goes to show you that, yeah, he wasn't good at that time, but him being overseas in Europe, like, he just came from Turkey where they were in the Final Four of the EuroLeague. It shows you, like, like being in your overseas helps not just your game, but also it helps your demeanor, it helps your personality. And and I think that's why like you see the the saying of, oh, go travel around the world. You look at the world very differently, and also you you see yourself very differently and want to make those changes in
0: your life. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, what's great is Especially, you know, I think that's a great way to start looking into, you know, Yao Ming's impact on basketball, right? We know his impact on Chinese basketball, but NBA in general, right? Like, you and I, we were, you know, you were a teenager. I was just, you know, barely getting there and, you know, Mm -hmm. but we all, but we were both just getting infatuated with the sports leagues that we now uh, talk about, you know, in this podcast, Mm -hmm. right? Like you know, for me, you went, I, you went more towards basketball, you know, for me, I went more towards baseball, you know, that's just how it worked out, Yeah, but, like, it's fun because even though I'm a major baseball fan, right, I still know that, like, the stars of, like, the 2000s, right, you know, Kobe Bryant, you know, Yao Ming, Carmelo Anthony, you know, among many others, right, like, I can't name them all, but I just remember those big three names, all the time being mentioned on you know sports radio ESPN all these different things that talked about sports right so you know and obviously Kobe and Carmelo they were Americans so you know you were able to like you see them more especially in Denver you saw Carmelo all the time whereas you know Yao Ming being international I think he got a lot of coverage for for not only his skill but the fact that he was such a great player and you know i think it's kind of weird that we think about it this way but sometimes we see these international players come over and they just dominate and it almost surprises us that they're like they can play this game really well which is kind of sad when you think about that in that way but at the same time sometimes we think we don't know what to expect you know they're still rookies you know they still have to. Play this style game, you know we we treat we do it the same with your rookies that come from the state. You know, like we they they don't know this level game yet, right? You know, arguably the NBA is the best basketball league in the world, and it's because of all that international influence it's got from Yao Ming, especially. You know, he changed, as you said earlier, he changed the center position. You know, every big guy or tall guy that played center look to Yao and how he played the game, right? So it's, it's, it's just interesting to see how it's all worked out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then now, like, even, even what helps is, like, a lot of these guys internationally, they've been playing pro basketball since 15, 16 years old. So you add that in, they know how to play against pros. Like, we talked Yao. Like, he dominated the Chinese. Basketball Association, obviously Luca. He played for Real Madrid, and you always think of Real Madrid as a soccer team, but their basketball team they do have quite a tradition as far as winning championships, winning the Euro Leagues and the Spanish Leagues in basketball. So, and along many many other many other players who have done that, but yeah, it's just how they're doing it the European way, just like. They want to go pro early. Okay, let's develop them. And by the time they get to the NBA, well, it's no surprise that they just fit in like a glove. And Yao fit in like a glove winning rookie of the year. And and from his rookie year till he retired, he was always at the All-Star game. Like, just because, like, he was just good. He was just awesome. And, And it all starts, like, like we mentioned. They started young, playing pro, and worked their way up. It wasn't easy. Nothing came easy. Mm-mm. But they figured out a way. They adapted and, and ended up having the careers that they have. And now him contributing back to the game through humanitarian effort and also through still his, his in basketball, it just shows the impact and also what the the effort that he put in so that others can follow as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, like you watch a lot of those highlights of Yao Ming and you're just still enticed, you're still entranced with what he was able to do. And like, there's nothing like it, you know, like the game today, there's nothing like what Yao Ming could do. You know, like, he was definitely a product of his time. And, you know, he he totally dominated. And you could art- make the argument that where he'd start playing in the NBA today, he'd continue to dominate. Because, like, there's just no one that can do what he does. And it just, from what those few games that I've watched, it just seems the way he played, No one would be able to defend him in this league because no one's used to it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and now thinking about Yao Ming, I also think about the future of basketball in China. Like, looking at what they can do in basketball, they have potential. But I think what's going to take for them will have to be the infrastructure. Because obviously... Like China, they just like to pol- make things political. They just like to pick and choose and all. But I think basketball in China will continue to grow. But I believe for that to work as well, they have to develop their national team. And it is something that my wife and I, we've talked about because obviously she was in China for, for six months doing English teaching there. and and. She told me like, yeah, basketball is big in China and all that. But also it's like, I asked several questions about how about, will will there be kids who who will want to play basketball? Yes. So I think if we have more emissaries, obviously like from here in the U.S., come to China and teach the game. Not, Not just the fundamentals, but also like the concepts, like zone defenses, man to man. Uh, Also, like, making uh, running motion offense or fast break, which they can do, then it opens up more for China. So, So, I believe, like, yes, basketball is popular in China, and it will continue to grow. But as far as for the Chinese national basketball team, like, both men and women, it all begins, like, the coaching, getting the right coaching. So, that way, in the future, I think they can compete with Team USA in the future, just like you see with Serbia, Lithuania, Spain, France, Australia. I think China in the future could be dominating, like not just basketball in Asia, but also be part of the conversation as far as top basketball teams in the world.
0: Yeah, you know, I was actually looking into that earlier. You know, I was curious because, you know, obviously whenever the Olympics are in your, your country, right? You're the host country. You as the nation, you want your teams, your your athletes to do super well, right? You want, you know, for even if it's not your host country, you just you root for your your nation, right? You know, like every Olympics, we all want Michael Phelps to do well. He's unfortunately he's no longer going to be in it, so we'll but yeah. we'll root for the next American swimmers, right? Like you know, we we root for the, the beach volleyball people. You know, we root for the ping pong. You know, we root for all these. Teams that are from our nation, right? So I was curious to see in basketball in 2008, you know, because especially when you're the host nation, you want to do really well, show a good footing of be like, this is what our country can do. And China, they almost made it to the semifinals. They almost beat Spain in the quarterfinals in 08, you know, and that was mm-hmm. with Yao Ming on that team. Yeah. And so it's just, it's cool to see how. Even in 08, you know, China was starting to make progress towards becoming dominant in basketball in general. And I think for the Olympics to happen this year, we could have seen maybe a Team USA and Team China finals for the gold medal. You know, it would have been, I don't know if that's how it would have played out, but it would have been really interesting to see if that's what worked, how it worked out. Probably
1: considering that the Olympics will be in Japan. And in Asia. So sometimes geographically, like teams teams like that do well. Like obviously, we saw Croatia make a deep run to the finals, because obviously they had a good team, but also it had to do a lot with location, where it was Russia. The altitude played a huge role, you could say. But also that could have happened. But but yeah, who knows? Who knows about that? And and I just believe believe that. Anything can happen. But with China, like the more they develop basketball players, and I think for several of them, like playing in, I would, yeah, the CBA should continue to grow. But also, I think playing in better basketball leagues, like whether probably like in the Euro League, if a lot of those guys played in the Euro League, then you can see China grow as far as basketball. Or if some of them decide, you know what, I want to play college basketball in the U.S., oh, then do it. Then I think we're going to see not just how, oh, it's Chinese basketball, but Chinese basketball, well-rounded, well-versatile and balanced, that you could combine all, all what they learned in different leagues from different coaches and apply it to how, to, how it can get it done in China.
0: No, totally. I agree. And it's it's interesting because it all, you know, I don't know if Yao Ming was the first Chinese player over in the states, but he definitely had a large impact on basketball. And there's been, well, we haven't seen, you know, a flood of Chinese nationals in the NBA since he's departed. There's still been tons of fans from China that are are watching the games. You know, there's still a chance that we'll get eventual flood of Chinese basketball players in in the NBA. You know, just like we've seen with Serbia and Lithuania. You know, we'll probably, no, probably eventually even Greece. You know, with uh, the Dion brothers, right? So it'll be interesting to see just how much how this will eventually play out because it's harder to decide what Yaming's eventual legacy will be because. We're we're still living it, right? You know, mm-hmm. we're still going through the process of him his legacy being cemented in what will eventually happen. He cemented his playing career, but his imp and his playing legacy, but this legacy is more about how it affects the perception. You know, we've talked about how basketball has become a lot larger in China, and because of that more kids are interested in playing it. But how is it eventually going to lead to an influence, an influx of Chinese players in the NBA? That's what we're still going through. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And it'll take time. It'll take a while. But I believe it it will happen in the future. And, And it's all about those independent thinkers, like independent basketball players that not just they want to contribute to China, but also want more around the world and more to do with like, Getting themselves out there and show hey like we know like we also care about the world not just China so mm-hmm. so that will be something to look at and it'll for several years and and hopefully like the more international teams we have besides the U.S. competing then it gets exciting for basketball now you get to you get to see oh I never heard of this player but he plays in the EuroLeague, but he's good. Okay. All right. There's someone to keep an eye on. Like it gives you ideas of different players besides the NBA, the guys who play in the NBA that show why their teams are good. And they're always mentioned in conversations to win, to win gold or or bronze every year.
0: Exactly. And I think as we look towards the future, I think that's a great segue into discussing, you know, those, the NBA news that's come out recently, with them giving their starting dates, and you know, let we can go into a brief recap of yeah, the NBA finals, postseason, and, and eventual news.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Obviously, we're we're gonna start with the big one. It just happened a couple of days ago. The NBA will be restarting again on December 22nd, and really, I with training camp, with players reporting to training camp December 1st. And really, I, I say it's a smart move. I know some people are like, oh, well, if you guys are making, starting the season in December. I'm not playing. I'm not, I'm not going to play the first half. But I think them playing December is good, especially since you're near Christmas and Chris and basketball and Christmas go together. And that's where, a lot of revenue comes in. A lot of um, people will tune in and watch with their families. It's the best thing. And and whoever plays those games, oh, you know they're going to bring it. And and really, it's only going to make it better. Had they decided to push it to January, which that was one of the talks, they would have lost $1 billion, Not million, billion in revenue. So now them starting in December, I think it's gonna bring a lot of excitement, but also it's gonna bring a lot of excitement because on November 18th, they're gonna do the draft, the NBA draft. Next day it's free agency. So they're moving the ball pretty much as far as everything is going. And pretty much as far as but as far as bubble goes, there's not gonna be a bubble. it's gonna be how in the NBA I mean, how the NFL is doing it. You just travel with travel to the stadium as far as fans are concerned. They haven't mentioned that at all. That will probably be talked about later on. But, Oh yeah, the NBA
0: is- With In relation to fans, sorry for cutting you off, but with the fans, I wouldn't be too surprised if uh, we see what the MLB did eventually letting fans into the games at yeah. lower capacity
1: yeah absolutely so we'll keep an eye out for that paul we might not hear anything about that till until december so we'll keep an eye out for it and and if you do um just for our listeners comment on what you think what the, what the start will mean what do you feel about restarting the mba and how they're doing it and and we'll we'll hear from you and we'll respond to several of them and it'll be fun listening hearing some of the stuff you say and and feel free to comment on it no problem at all
0: oh yeah especially because you know we we want to interact with our listeners right and i think it's important to remember that we we talk about three different sports on this podcast you know we might eventually break down into and start separate podcasts eventually about you know the individual league you know But right now we're just talking on a single podcast about three different sports, right? And it and their international impact. And we want to list here from our listeners about how this aspect of the their sports that they love, which are impacting them as well. And you know, because it's it's different for everybody. You know, I think part of the reason why I want we wanted to do this series that we're doing of going through each league and their international players, you know, and we started with, of course, basketball and because we didn't know it at the time, but eventually it's going to become the first sport to start its season back up, you know, of these three that we, we talk about. And it's going to be fun to see just how impactful it really is. You know, like, I think back to, you know, September 11th, with how baseball came back and kind of healed the nation you know you can make that argument with baseball this this year and the pandemic as well how it came back healed the nation to a certain extent but then basketball and hockey came back and healed it even further right Like, and so it's, inter- it's important to see how it's all working together and how it all flows and in their impact you know right now we're focusing on individual players and Today especially we focused on Yao Ming. Maybe eventually we'll focus on other players from other places, right? You know, so it's gonna be fun to look into.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, now with the NBA leading in charge and reopening, like we wish them the best, best, and I know how they're gonna do it. They're always ahead of the curve and they're they're always looking to find ways to improve and and they will not stop until they got it figured out. So, so yeah, so just remember um, with with every restart to always look the positive, always find ways to to improve, and also especially to always look, always have a positive attitude because you never know when will be your, your last time doing something. So so with that, it's it's all about keeping it up and nothing but up.
0: Exactly. And, you know, baseball does this a lot at the beginning of every season. I don't follow the NBA as much as you do, so I don't know for sure. But, like, baseball, every year they'll send send out a commercial, and essentially they'll just say, it's a new year, grass is cut, Mm -hmm. dirt is poured, sanded out, lines are drawn. But it's important to remember, everybody's the contender, you know. And especially in a sport like baseball, when everything is so unpredictable, you know whereas it's a little less predictable in basketball. But at the start of every year, whether your team on paper looks good or not, everybody in the league is a contender. And just because you look good on paper, you still got to play the game. So I have to play them out. And, you know, we all picked, for a good example, we all picked the Lakers as NBA Finals champions very early on once the season started, like even before, just because we saw their offseason moves saw how they looked on paper but they still had to go and play the games and prove that Mm -hmm. yeah we're the favorite and this is why you know and like they almost blew it in the playoffs, but like they came back and were like look we're here this is who we are and this is what we do so at the beginning of every season your team's a contender and that's exciting you know and it gives everybody hope you know, as the year goes on, maybe not so much. But even with that, every game's a new game. Every quarter is a new quarter. Every pass is a different pass, you know, like, and every dribble means something different. Same with every shot, you know, it's every everyone be a contender and win a game on any given day because you never know what can happen. And it's especially true with baseball. But as I've gotten into a little bit more basketball, it, it's kind of true in basketball too, what I've been seeing and learning, you know, hockey especially is like that. You never know what's going to happen in hockey. And so same with soccer, it's, they all, they all have a certain amount of unpredictability of them. And it's fun to watch just because your team's good on paper. You have to play the game. You have to play them out. Maybe you look good on paper with the moves you made, but maybe the team chemistry isn't there. And so you don't succeed, you know, it's. There's a lot of factors that go into that yeah. we just can't see.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I do agree with you. So I don't know if there's anything else we 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 can move on with, but other than that, this has been a, another great episode, another great opportunity, not just to relive, but also to look ahead to what what could happen mm-hmm. in, in the future. And so and one of our future episodes, hopefully, we'll get to talk about now, re- recapping the World Series, what will happen next season, and then we'll also hopefully continue the same way we've been doing, but in baseball as far as mentioning one of the countries and the impact that several of the players have had. Exactly. And, and just
0: move forward from there. Yeah. I know there's still a lot of basketball players that we will want to go through. So that'll yeah. probably be uh, an episode that comes up in the later weeks. I, I think tomorrow we'll go through and talk about our baseball memories and recap see postseason and season in general, talk about yeah, that world series and it will be a quick interlude to the rest of the series. And we'll mention any news as it comes up, whether it be NHL, MLB, NBA, you know, so, you know, great episode. Alan, let's keep it going and everybody stay safe out there and let's get going. Yeah, get
1: going. Stay safe and until next time.
0: Till next time.